Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Right? Wrong. Major League Baseball's decision to suspend spring training games and to delay the regular season and opening day will be codified. Come on, let's play some baseball! To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. I'm not a doctor, but following the lead of the doctors, we haven't had anyone in camp, including David, who's met the, the standard to get tested in this country, which is, you know, right now it's a really, it's really high threshold just to get a test. There have been a shockingly low number of tests throughout the country, and we all hope that changes soon. something out there waiting for us and it ain't no man we're all gonna die baseball it's time for hit and run with your host matt spiegel welcome in everybody welcome in baseball fans good morning to you it is baseball season again spring is in the air even though it's a little bit chilly This is that time of year when I naturally find myself with a little more bounce in my step, a little bit less of a hitch in my giddy-up, if you will, a little bit more excited, like my body chemistry changes because baseball is coming. Hell, I've already been out to Arizona and saluted the game at both sites of spring training for the Cubs and the White Sox. But then, oh, oh, oh boy, things changed quickly, didn't they? How quickly things have flipped. Just this week, earlier in the week, we dissected ah four minutes of sound of Michael Kopech breaking down the 11-pitch performance that had the entire city buzzing. Through 101, through 100. Struck out, guys. Breaking stuff. Looked good. Very rare for this early coming off Tommy John surgery. Ian Happ had clearly won the center field job from Albert Almora. We're talking about that. Wondering which of the guys, Ryan Tapera, Dan Winkler, Trevor McGill, who's going to help fill out that Cubs bullpen? Well, ah, those things just matter a lot less. I introduced radio partners to Danny Mendick. Hey, guys, this is Danny Mendick. Let's talk to him. You know, all those things that uh, we had started to get excited about with the baseball season approaching have all been derailed. Sports mirroring our world in a lot of ways. 
and driving that flip in the broader culture. Really, Thursday night or Wednesday night, I should say, with Rudy Gobert testing positive changed everything. Absolutely everything. Down goes the NBA. Then down goes the NHL. Then down goes MLB, the NCAA tournament, all the conference tournaments. And now opening day will be delayed, and it's brutal. What are we going to do? First of all, it's Hit and Run, and we are back. Uh, the format for this year, going to have guest co-hosts all year long, just like we did last year. Um, it's been really fun to spread the baseball wings and talk to folks from throughout the game live in studio, and we will do so again all year long. Today, it's just me and you. We do have a couple of guests on the phone. Steve Stone is going to come on at 11 o'clock, and we'll talk about this new baseball reality. We'll talk about the White Sox. We'll talk about what this delay is going to do to those pitchers, what it does to pitchers in general. How much time will they need to come back when they're announced to come back? How many weeks are we looking at before you can honestly say my pitching staff is ready to go? Can you change the, the way the game is structured for this year? Going to have to be aggressive and creative, will MLB, and the players will have to find things they can agree about. So we'll talk to Steve Stone. And then scheduled to have a conversation with Roger Clemens at 920. It is, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting story how we ended up with Roger Clemens. Uh, producer Sean Anderson is with me all year long, and I'm looking forward to that. I had sent Sean on a chase for a different player because of a comp to a uh, Cubs situation historically. And we will get that player, so I don't want to mention the name, but he was not available. But then the PR firm said, hey, you want to talk to Roger Clemens? Why, yes, yes, we do. But thank you very much. Yes, we do. So we will do that at about 920. Along the way, your phone calls and text messages, not just welcome, but elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. 312-644-6767. You can text us at 67011. This hour on the score is brought to you by Way Back In. Here's the deal. If you don't know, you should. And if you do, you know how I feel. Baseball's the best. I feel like I was born and raised to do this show with you guys on a Sunday morning. Three hours to talk about the Cubs, the White Sox, national baseball stories, anything relating to our game and our companion sport. I've always called it a companion sport because it's the daily aspect of baseball that makes it special, makes it unique. Every morning available to you, box scores. Maybe you sit at the computer and you make your fantasy baseball lineups. I don't think I've been in less than two fantasy leagues in like 15 years. And so every day, making those lineups. The everyday nature of it. My my wife, probably once a day, at least three, four times a week. Hey Siri, what time do the Cubs play? Hey Siri, what's the score of the Cubs game? Every morning. Highlights. My boy is here today wearing a, wearing a baseball shirt. We played in the park the other day. He's starting to fall in love a little bit. It's pretty neat. But for all of us, every morning, highlights. Dear God, quick pitch. What am I going to do without quick pitch? The best sports show on TV. Unadulterated. Unfiltered. Well, actually, it is filtered. But just pure highlight magic. With radio sound and TV sound and statistical nuggets. Oh, my God. 
What are we going to do? It's the everyday nature of it that I will miss, that I already miss. Woke up the, uh, yesterday morning and uh, opened up the MLB at bat app and clicked on news. There's not a lot of news there. Clicked on scores. No games scheduled. Oh, that's brutal. How long is that going to last? That's going to last a good long while. This is a safe place to discuss our mutual baseball loneliness. That, that's what it's going to be for a while. And the need to replace your companion. How are you going to replace your companion sport? What are you going to do? And maybe you don't know yet, and that's okay if you don't know yet, but it's a conversation that I'll be having with callers, with guests along the way. We'll certainly ask Stoney about it. How do you plan to? And as the season go on, maybe the question will morph to how have you found yourself replacing your companion sport? I mean, we've had to do it through the off seasons, but we've always had a hot stove. We've always had the distraction of, of the lesser sports. <laughs> we've, they've been available to us. Well, we could watch something that's not baseball. Yeah, I mean, you know the, the Hannes Wagner quote? No, it's a Rogers Hornsby quote, right? What, what do you do all winter? I look out the window and wait for spring. And I was going to put it Something in the like open. That. Yeah, it's Rogers Hornsby. It's, you got it exactly right. Uh, but there's no recording of it anywhere. Well, of course not. Dude, was, it's Rogers Hornsby. Okay, but even then. Well, like, what, are you, what are you looking for, Sean? You're looking for like an old, an old, wax, uh, old wax vinyl of, of Rogers Hornsby talking? Lou Gehrig has done, you know, his speech is obviously recorded. And there's also the Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, but, no, no one ever said it in like, you know. Uh, a movie or oh, no one ever nobody said ever it. repeated it. Yeah. I get you. Like, so if no you had record. somebody saying, you know, it's like Rogers Hornsby said, uh, I, I got you. I thought you were looking for that elusive Rogers Hornsby audio. Folks out there, if you've got audio of a Rogers Hornsby interview, feel free to forward that to Sean Anderson, courtesy of the score. No, I'm surprised that uh, uh, I'm not surprised that you haven't been able to find it. So, but we've done it through the off seasons, but then we've always had opening day looming. We no longer have that. My best guess is that, and it's all a guess, but my best guess is once they convene for a, re, a renewed spring training, it's what Theo Epstein said the other day, three to four weeks, at least three to four weeks to get everybody together, to get the pitchers ready to go. And right now we're in a state of chaos in terms of rosters, in terms of planning, and in terms of... Uh, you know, physically working out and getting people ready to go in baseball shape. It is very, very low on the list. And that is understandable, of course. But you've got some guys, for instance, if you are a Dodgers player, let's say you're Justin Turner, okay? Or you're Ross Stripling, and you've been prepping for the season. Now you are told, all right, here are your options. You can go home. So you could go wherever home is, hang out with your family, be safe, make sure they're safe, take care of business. You could stay here. All right, I'll keep renting wherever I usually rent in spring training, and I'll stay here and work out. Or you can go to the city where we play. So you can go to Los Angeles and start living the life that you usually live during the year over there at uh, whatever home you have or whoever you rent there. I mean, but just think about that. All those rules for 26 different guys, they're all over the place. They're all over the country. And none of them are going to be doing the kind of routine, 
everyday physical activity, baseball-related activity, that gets them all ready to go. It's such a finely tuned thing, especially the arms. I just keep thinking about the arms. How on earth is the Players Association going to say, yeah, okay, we're ready to go. We're ready to go with less than three or four weeks. So May 1st is a pipe dream, I believe. I, I mean, maybe there's, there's some scenario whereby April 1, April 8, April 10, they're reconvened at spring training. Does that feel possible to you guys? Not so much. So we are going to have to replace our companion. And I'm going to be talking about it with you, how you plan to do it. There are lots of options. You could watch a different baseball documentary every single day between now and September and not exhaust the trove. MLB Network has done a bunch. There's some great 30 for 30s. There's some fabulous American masters. NPR, not NPR, but uh, public TV ones. There's, There's a ton of them. There's independently produced stuff on Doc Ellis. Go watch the Doc Ellis documentary on Netflix. So good. There's um, the Battered Bastards of Baseball. There's a million of them. Knuckleball. I think Fastball is one that's not very good, but has some interesting context about, about Roids and Dr. Anthony Bosch and Rob Manfred, too. I mean, there's a million things you could do. Um, there's a push, at least inside my house, to rewatch the 2016 World Series in its entirety. I'm fighting that off. I've been there. Been there physically, been there emotionally. And if I watch Game 7, all I'm going to do is get angry again at Joe Madden. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get angry again to say, you know, Kyle Hendricks still had it. What are you doing? He just, he just found it. He just got comfortable. He gave up a walk on a terrible call. See, I'm already angry. That's just, you know, I, I can't do that. Then I'll start drinking. So, because I don't want to feel the Roger Davis home run and all its all its normal glory. So we've got options, and we'll have to figure out what to do. I personally blame the Texas Rangers for opening a new stadium every time they open a new ballpark. The season gets shortened. Nineteen seventy two. There was a strike. Nineteen ninety four. There was a strike. Twenty twenty. A global pandemic. And they didn't even need a new stadium. I was at that old stadium two years ago. It was fine. It's totally fine. So I blame the Rangers. And that, that feels good. It's nice to blame somebody, isn't it? Yeah, and Global Park Field is you know younger than guaranteed rate field. That was built in the 80s. And yeah. It looks fine. And that was built in 94. Uh, just, just, just wrong. So look, we're going to talk with you all day long. And every Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it greatly. 312-644-6767. We're going to get back to this topic. I want to know what you're going to do to replace the companion. So we'll talk to you about that. I'll save your text messages. You can tweet at me at at MattSpiegel670. And we'll have a phone conversation in the 10 o'clock hour about that and some other things around the game. And one of the things I want to talk about later on today is how difficult it is to separate excellence from cheating in regards to specific players. There's a tremendous article about Barry Bonds by Andrew Baggerly on The Athletic. Um, pretty sure that's who it was. It, it, just a tremendous Q&A. It's fascinating. Some things to pull from there and talk about. And something I will not shy away from uh, in conversation, including those with our next guest. We, in a moment, we will be back on Hit and Run, and we'll talk to Roger Clemens on the show. Steve Stone at 11 o'clock. You and me and Sean Anderson and baseball 
All season long, Sunday mornings, 9 to 12 on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Strike three. 18. Five of the record. 19 for Roger Clemens. As a matter of fact, I'm going to stand up. Clemens has set a major league record for strikeouts in a game. 20. There you go. He struck him out. That's number 18. That's the 19th strikeout for Roger Clemens. He got him. He ties his own record 10 years later from April 1986. On September 1996, Roger Clemens does it again. Rocket! 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 Hit and run Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Those highlights, amazingly enough, 10 years apart, the same man, The same feat. Our next guest, Roger Clemens, joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Roger, you are on Hit and Run, the Scores baseball show here on 670 The Score in Chicago. And Roger's joining us on behalf of the 2020 Ace Shootout, which premieres on Sunday, March 22nd at 4 p.m. on the Golf Channel. The event helps raise awareness and funds for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. For more information, visit aceshootout.childrensmiraclenetworkhospitals.org. Roger Clemens, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Matt. And so 20 strikeouts twice. <laughs> it was good to hear old, uh, if, I, if I got it right, it's been a while, but uh, I think it was Ernie Harwell. Uh-huh. Okay. There at the Tigers, that's pretty cool. He's obviously a legend voice. And Joe Castig in Boston, uh, I think Joe Castig's the only guy. I, he tells me every time I do some uh, radio or TV for the Sox that uh, – I think he he saw every one of my uh, starts with uh, 13 years with the Red Sox, so that was pretty cool. And he's still doing games, which is absolutely is. amazing. Um, is. Yeah, in, in this town, we're, you know, a lot of people mildly obsessed with Kerry Wood striking out 20 in 1998. Yeah. Max Scherzer did it in 2016, but you you did it twice. Outrageous. Um, Roger Clemens, for, for a lot of us... The young fireballer, um, that's who you are forever in, in our eyes. Like that kid that burst onto the scene in 84, back-to-back Cy Youngs in 86 and 87 with the Red Sox. I, I kind of forever measure young fireballing phenoms against what it felt like to see you and Dwight Gooden 
show up. Yeah, doc, yeah, there you go. You know, uh, and, and I, I, yeah, I think. I, well, like I said, I work with about a handful of the teams, and and when I uh, whether I'm visit with the staff, the coaching staff, or we go down and, and pull all the minor league guys together and visit with them, I always do a little fun little chart, uh, uh, list about I don't know twenty five, thirty names, uh, current and past. And then I have a category, Matt, that I tell them to try and put these guys into power pitcher, power thrower. And uh, there's a big difference. You know, I was fortunate that, you know, I was uh, a power pitcher, so I didn't have my plus-plus fastball. You know, I still pitch, but, I, you know, I learned that really in, in high school uh, and uh, on through the University of Texas and, and so on and so forth. So hmm. just, uh, you know, and then I was fortunate to play about, I don't know, maybe a month and a half when I was in Boston. We acquired Tom Seaver, the, for me, the ultimate power pitcher. I mean, watching this guy in his 40s pitch, and uh, add and subtract on his velocity, and of course had a fantastic pitching coach there with Bill Fisher, who I think Fish, uh, he passed away not too long ago. We we went up and did his funeral in Council Bluffs, but Fish, I think to this day, still holds the record for uh, not allowing a walk in like 91 consecutive innings. So he made the point. Uh, obviously, he was with me on my first 20 strikeout game, and he made the comment after the game, after everybody left the locker room, I was sitting there icing, still trying to you know, process what went down. I didn't realize there was a strikeout record or anything, but Fish uh, came over and was sitting there talking to me. He called me, uh, you know, I'd, I just had gotten the nickname The Rocket by my teammate Bruce Hurst, but Fish called me Smokey after Smokey Joe Wood, and, and he said, Smokey, he goes, I love it that you struck out 20 guys and all that, but he goes, I'm more uh, proud that you didn't walk a single batter. And then then push forward to what was it? Ten years later, uh, <clears throat> I got a phone call from Fish, and he basically said the same thing in the Detroit game that you punched out twenty, but you didn't walk anybody again. So yeah, how about, pretty, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, how about Kerry uh, Wood did the same? No, uh, yeah, no, no walks for for, for yeah, Kerry. Obviously, game. he was pitching against the Astros, so mm-hmm. he was throwing some. Uh, Bugs Bunny stuff up there that night. <laughs> so when you showed up, Roger, a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, that hard-breaking ball, and you were you were pretty much a two-pitch pitcher for a while, and it, you didn't end up that way. And that's what you're talking about, I think, of being a power pitcher and not a power thrower. Uh, because later on, by the end, you had that devastating split finger. You called yeah. it Mr. Splitty, I believe. Yeah, um, I agree. But there was what? There was a slider. There was uh, By the end, the arsenal was wide, but you were two pitches at first, right? Yeah, I was fastball, curveball, and uh, my third pitch was a straight changeup. And then when I got to Boston, Bill Fisher showed me a true slider, which was similar to you know a cutter. Uh, but with just a little more downward break, and I had that. I also hosted a golf tournament for many years uh, with uh, Mike Scott of the Astros, mm. and Roger Craig came into town, and we that's when I we talked about the split finger uh, a little bit. And I had it in my weaponry, but uh, I didn't uh, really feature it a lot till the late 80s, early 90s. But then when you know the TV and the Sports Center and all the stuff would – you know, they would show your highlights of your game, and they would show seven, eight um, uh, strikeouts with that split. It'd be, it, it was, you know, the thought was in a lot of hitters' minds. So I always tell the kids or the even the pros that we talk to that are incorporating the split, you're right, it's a very easy pitch to throw. It's a devastating pitch if you use it properly. And um, But... Um, you know, again, it was uh, a great weapon to have. If I threw 120, 130-pitch game, I might feature it uh, 20 times. But you see, like, again, you see people would see it um, 
with uh, six or seven strikeouts, eight strikeouts, whatever, and, and it would be ingrained in their mind. So it was a good weapon to have. More than 350 wins in the live ball era. There are three men, Warren Spahn, Greg Maddox, and our guest, Roger Clemens. Uh, and the win, obviously, a stat that's dying a little bit, so I don't think anybody's going to be joining you there uh, any time real soon. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, it's easy to forget you were part of the 2001 World Series. You were brilliant against Kurt Schilling in Game 7, I think six innings, 10 strikeouts uh, before the comeback and the Luis Gonzalez walk-off. I, I was wondering, that season derailed by 9-11, yeah. paused, then restarted, this health crisis that we're in right now, do you remember what it felt like to lose the game, to lose the game in the middle of the season right there for a while for obviously understandable reasons, and the priority is low for baseball then and now, but this is a baseball show, but to lose the game for a while and then bring it back to the fans, you remember that experience and what that felt like? Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I think, Matt, when you ask the questions, I mean, your, your mind starts, you take, take yourself back and... Uh... And it, it's similar to what's happening now because everything just came to an abrupt halt. Um, you know, you look for the positives. The you know, I was um, uh, when I have the opportunity to speak um, different um, businesses or things that, I'm, that I do a lot of these days. Um, I talk about. I make sure because there's usually always military people in the area. I, I played in six World Series. Two of the losses were very emotional, and uh, obviously for the '86 World Series, the ups and downs. Your first World Series, the emotions that go with that. And in 2001, you have to look back. I I was the um, I was supposed to pitch the night of 9/11, so I was woken by a friend of mine in my uh, condo and. Uh, and and everything that happened um the 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 positive that i take away from it was uh my um agents went to high school with general myers our four-star general at the time and they asked me to go to the middle east uh, we went over there for about seven days to see our men and women and it was uh i tell everybody it was 24 years in professional baseball and all that pales compared to the trip that i went over there uh on you know it was like a uso tour uh, good friend Toby Keith, he does a lot of them, uh, and uh, so I tip my hat to all these guys and all of our men and women. I, I I saw things. First of all, I was just taken aback how young our men and women were over there protecting us, and uh, but just their enthusiasm and their energy. You know, they're the you know I consider myself a team player. They're the ultimate team players. Uh, so I I got to experience that. Uh, this virus that's, you know, out now, I mean, it's just, there's just so much unknown and, um, you know, with everything going on, the, the, you know, the, 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 um, emergency, the president, uh, declared, uh, yesterday or the day before and pandemic that's out there. And we're just trying to, you know, listen and do everything we possibly can. I was supposed to be on my way back to Florida to play in the Valspar championship and do some stuff for the PGA. Uh, that was all obviously shut down, and so now everybody waits. My two younger boys play, one for the Blue Jays, one for the Tigers, respectively. Uh, one is headed home, and the other one is, uh, uh, I think, going to come back this way on Monday now, but a little different for the minor league guys and the big league guys. I think, as you know, there's some teams that are staying together in their camps, yep. which they have the medical personnel in the area. They have, you know, on-site where they can, you know, if they do go in early to work in the weight room or hit in the cages, they have, um, you know, a lot of these guys now in these stadiums now, they're so spectacular. I mean, they got, in, you know, they got full kitchens and chefs inside where they could have breakfast, lunch, possibly even 
take home a dinner where they don't, you know, they, again, can almost self-quarantine themselves and, and just try and stay in some type of routine until um, everything's figured out. You know, how many games are going to be lost? You know, I just think you work the schedule. There's so many different uh, variables that you can work the schedule where you drop interleague play, maybe just play each team in your division so many times, do this, do that. And um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Just, uh, yep. you know, a lot of these guys are such professionals and creatures of habit. They have a good, um, a really good routine, great routine they should have uh, that they can kind of stay ready. Like, you again, go all the way back to where we got the phone call to get back in town from the uh, 9-11 situation, get ready to go. And then I tell you what, uh, I think I started it off in uh, in Chicago against the White Sox. And, I mean, uh, I was looking to the left, to the right of me. Uh, the fans in, in Chicago uh, were spectacular. I mean, <laughs> I mean – the outpouring, the love that they showed during that time, uh, the, there, there wasn't a, uh, a dry eye in the stadium. I mean, it was just super emotional, and you have to get through that and then get the game started and get your national pastime going and try and bring some enjoyment uh, you know, back to the fans and, and get their minds off of it. Like, uh, again, right now, there's as far as sports is concerned, you you turn the TV on, you don't see anything. Yeah, there's going to be people dying for it uh, when it when it comes back. And uh, it, dying for it is a terrible turn of phrase. I'd like to apologize for that, but you know what I mean. Um, as we talk here to Roger Clemens on 670, the score. I, I remember in, in, in 2003, the World Series, Roger, it, the ovations you got in New York and in Florida, and everybody thought you were retiring. Um, and then you went to Houston. Home yep. and um and a friend of mine reminded me of the New York Post headline. They can be cruel, but the headline was "What an Astro." And I wonder, can you laugh about that kind of thing now, or does that like make make you angry uh, to remember? Oh no, I mean, it's just how you look at it. I was, it was, uh, I probably had three of my best years at my advanced age uh, coming home to pitch. But uh, yeah, I was super emotional. I think uh, in Florida and Miami against the Marlins, what I thought was going to be my last start which started off very rough and yeah. I had to get behind the mound and take a deep breath and like man I need to get it together here I don't want to have the, my last start you know end up this way but we battled back through that game and uh that was a great series in itself and then thought I was done and then uh came home to uh you know do a little work here and and uh you know do stuff with my foundation and all that and then the Astros came calling and uh, it was it was a little bit scary for me knowing that you know at my age I wanted to go out there and be at least uh, you know hold up my end of the deal and and uh, so I started getting my road work in and doing all the stuff I needed to do and mm-hmm. and the same thing after that once we got to the you know we flipped the t- the uh, what was kind of a football town to a baseball town and it was fun getting uh, having teammates that never experienced uh, some postseason play but for sure never been to a World Series so. It was fun doing that, and then uh, then I shut it down again. And if somebody like uh, Brian Cashman, who I have a great deal of respect for the Yankees, if he didn't call, uh, I thought it was a prank call at the house, actually, uh, when they first called. And, uh, you know, Cash was basically saying, listen, I need you in my fourth or fifth hole on the starting step, but I need you inside the clubhouse, too, to get everybody going and on the same page. And so, again, a lot of respect for, for Cash uh, uh, when, you know, 
just as a person and as a man, as you know, we had a great relationship when I was with the Yankees. So and, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and, and you had an opportunity as an Astro, among other things, pitched an exhibition game against one of your sons against Kobe. Yeah, he yeah. he homered off you. Did you yeah, groove it? Don't remind me of that. Yeah, did you groove it? He, rubs, he talks he talks trash all the time. He sees pops running around. Yeah, here. but then you threw you kind of threw at him next time up. Yeah, yeah, that kind of got its own play. You know how stuff gets blown up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they uh, there was a, I was on a backfield trying to get ready and they brought five I think about five minor leaguers to hit live off me and of course they brought my oldest son Kobe at the time and um uh I get the backstory from him that you know normally he hits third or fourth or fifth but all the players said you're going up first and so next thing you know I'm throwing around kind of locked in I didn't even know he was one of the five and here he comes and so I throw about a 92, 93 mile hour two seamer just middle away to get strike one, and he rips it over the left center field fence. I'm just staring at him, walk, running around the plate. He didn't even let me get a strike in there. And uh, next time up, I I think I threw him a first pitch slider, and then I went fastball in, and it was in. But the you know, next thing you know, they're, oh, he was throwing at him and all this stuff. Like, yeah. Guys, come on. <laughs> um, Roger, Dan Duquette, who was the GM of the Red Sox at the time, they let you walk in free agency, go to Toronto, and then New York and Houston, some of the stuff we're talking about. And I remember him saying the Red Sox and our fans were fortunate to see Roger in his prime. We had hoped to keep him in Boston during the twilight of his career. Ouch. And the twilight, of course, ends up being 11 years, three Cy Young Awards, Two pitching triple crowns, two World Series at least, um, or two World Series wins. Why was he so wrong? Why, why was he so wrong in 1997? I guess it was. Well, it was a, a long twilight, I guess you could say. But they, uh, like I said, uh, Dan basically was putting his own team together. He, he there was about uh, five of us that that uh, ended up. You know, I think Mike Greenwell was one of them who I thought at that time Greenwell. You know, Greeny had the best. Uh, probably the the prettiest and best swing on our on our club, but they were revamping, and uh, it was excuse me, it was it was a little difficult for me to you know again you um, the 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 assistant GM there who would run the uh, river with me there in Boston when we would do our distance running, uh, he he knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to I was hoping to do a four year deal and stay in Boston and and retire then. I think that had taken me up to about two thousand so. But it all worked out. I got to play for, uh, you know, really when you look at it, uh, I tell people with the Red Sox and the Yankees, I got to play for two of the most historic teams in the game. Awesome stadiums, old Yankee stadiums. Uh, it was fantastic. And, of course, Fenway Park is uh, a cathedral in itself. And then, uh, But I got the, uh, you know, two years with the Blue Jays was a great deal of fun. I had a lot of respect for Mr. Beeston. He came here to my house to talk to me about getting their team back to the ways they were in 90, I think one and 92. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then again, uh, shutting it down and having an opportunity to play for my hometown team was a thrill. We, we talk about aging and pitchers a lot on this show. Cause sometimes guys have to adjust and it's hard. And we talk like when that fastball starts to fade and guys have to change, was that, is, was that a scary time for you as a starting pitcher when you realized you were going to have to adjust? Not really, because again, like I said, I was always a, a pitcher. So even the days that uh, when I didn't have ninety five, ninety seven, my arm was what you know, say uh, for lack of terms, it felt like it was underwater when I was out there the first couple innings. I had to pitch. You have to pitch to get through those. I mean, you win two hundred games by with your stuff when you have all your stuff in order and three pitches are on target and you're you're really dominating the strike zone, and then. 
another 160 or whatever it was uh, when you win those games four to three or five to four and mm-hmm. you get out of bases loaded twice and you really you're exhausted after the game you're mentally exhausted but it's almost you know like you said when uh, uh, you know when a Jorge Posado or um, you know Brad Osmus comes over to you after the game and they're just smiling because they knew how much how hard a work it was to you know just to try and eat up seven six seven innings throughout that game when you didn't have your best stuff. Yeah, you know when when the aging process is is showing its effects, like it's understandable to me that guys are looking around for help, trying to figure out. Did people offer you help, Roger, in terms of medicine or magic pills? Like that stuff was out there. Did people offer it to you? Uh, not at all. Not not none of that. So. Uh, there was, I, I, again, I don't know what magic pills will make help you with the, you know, throwing strikes or being effective in the strike zone or being, you know, when you talk, again, when you talk about being a power pitcher, that's yeah. just it. Yeah, so. I, I, I guess, I, guess I, I mean, those things I, I, I would think maybe would help with the durability or just being able to, to come back from injury or being able to be a horse and just keep going and keep going. Yeah, I, I, I doubt that. Again, maybe early in my career, early in the 80s, you, you'd hear about the guys that were, you know, in the, that came from the 70s and 80s, the old school stuff that they were doing. But, you know, like I said, I think I was, uh, I think I, my first couple of years as a rookie, my, what was it, 84, 85, 86, mm-hmm. I think I was taken aback about how many guys that when I got there actually kind of like smoked and stuff. And they had those little <laughs> kitty litter boxes in the, in the, in the, in the locker room and stuff. So, that was, uh, you know, those, some of those things were surprising. Yeah, no, it, I, I know, I know that that you never failed a test, and I, I remember covering those Senate hearings, and and you you maintained that you never used any of that stuff. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely. We did it. We went about it the right way, but we uh, even more so. We stopped a guy from running around, uh, basically uh, trying to make money off our name and, and things like that. I think I stated it properly after seeing what a sideshow and. Of course, you see it nowadays with what goes on up there too. When you watch some of the congressional stuff too, that you know, like I said, it was almost. Uh, and I like Jerry Springer. I like to watch. He was funny, <laughs> but it, was, it turned into that uh, quite a bit. But we stopped a guy from uh, basically making uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars off my name, and and we did it the right way. So, uh, you know, I how does it feel now in terms of your place in baseball? Because here we are, we're talking about all these incredible moments, Roger, and they all happened. You know, they all happened. They all exist. I'm still that 15 year old kid who watched you and was in awe and will forever be that that kid. But now baseball has I don't know. Barry Bonds said this week he feels kind of like a ghost, like uh, baseball's given him a death sentence. And I wonder if you feel mm. any of that. I wonder if you feel any not of that. Not at all. Not at all. I'm, it's 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 been nothing but wonderful. The work that I do with. Uh, with the league and the different teams and stuff, I really enjoy it. I probably do, gosh, feel like you got to cut back. I probably do 40 to 50 events uh, throughout the year, whether it be a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of them can be local here through my foundation and what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the other work, like you alluded to um, with the children's hospital, they're going to, they're going to air that soon again. Um, just to, you know, just they're, they're fun things. They're time consuming away from family and stuff. I'm, I am Poppy Rocket now. My oldest one. Uh, I have two grand grand boys, so they're uh, they're twin boys, three years old. I need. I tell people I need a rope to keep them corralled up. They one goes one way, one goes the other. But um, yeah, I mean we love it. I mean I I have uh, uh, like I said I still um, 
uh, appreciate the game of baseball, give back to the game of baseball and everything I can. So I'm not, I don't feel like a, a ghost or, or anything like that. Like I said, I think that uh, my situation, we did it right. Uh, we proved everything we needed to prove. And like you said earlier, I not only on the Olympic teams, the USA teams I took, I did everything those guys would uh, ever want or ask. And we were open and transparent during all the um, all the congressional stuff and everything that they did there too. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was great. It was the, the, you know, like I said, probably if I didn't have brothers and sisters who were really pretty pissed about the whole situation too, and, and other family, I would have told them to you go, you know, where, but, um, uh, but they're know, pissed. It was, it was good. They're, they're, they're upset about the situation. They were, they were, they're, they're way past it now. We're so far past that. That's not, you know, it's not even a concern. Hmm. Hey, you know, I've asked, I've asked people around the game, Roger, like how can guys who throw a hundred, I mean, these Texas fireballers, you and Swin, Greg Swindell and Kerry Wood. Now we got Michael Kopech up here in Chicago, you know, how, how can these guys who throw that hard protect their arms and last as long as you or Nolan Ryan did? What, what's the key? What, what should they be thinking about as they try to stay healthy and be that strong? Well, it's totally different. I mean, like you said, these guys, if you're starting, you know, once you get uh, start approaching 90 pitches now, they, 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 you know, they go to the bullpen. I mean, I can tell you here in Houston, uh, our last year, the World Series, I think, I think the analytics uh, took a World Series away from the guys uh, here last year. They went out and pulled uh, Grinky at like 80 pitches just because yeah. – the propeller head said that, you know, at third time through the lineup, he gets, you know, somebody hits 400 <laughs> off of him. And he gave up a change-up home run into the Crawford boxes here at Minute Maid, which, are, which is easier to hit a home run than, say, Fenway, where you got the tall wall, the green monster, to knock it down. And you go out and pull a guy who's our number three starter, who's really a number one on anybody's staff. And now with the injuries, he's going to have to probably step up into that number one role. Hmm. And uh, he gave up a, a change-up homer, I believe, and then he walked the guy who was the hottest guy in the series, Soto. And I think um, uh, uh, he, he showed, uh, you know, Grinky showed a little emotion that you know, really don't see that he felt that he had thrown him a couple strikes, and uh, they went and pulled him. So I mean, uh, at some point, you still have to go do an eye and a heart test. You run out there and you look the guy in the eye, which happened many times over my career, especially in my advanced age with the great manager that we had in Joe Torrey and Joe would look at me and, or Mel Stoudemire, our pitching coach said, listen, you, I know you're getting at the end of your rope. Uh, we can hear you grunting out there and you're, you know, this and that. And, and then we would go to the theory of give me one hitter at a time. Uh-huh. So I know if I walk this guy, if I, if he gets a base hit, whatever, I'm coming out of the game. So I'm really trying to empty the tank. I'm trying to get the game past the seventh inning, maybe into the eighth. So, you can have the greatest closer in baseball, Mariano Rivera, come out there and get you maybe, if not three outs, maybe four. Yeah, that, he, that's, that, that's where our game, and I say our because I love it so much, but the, and cover it, but that's where the game is damaged, isn't it? Those middle innings, it's, uh, we've lost the art of allowing the starting pitcher to try and, and find it and figure it out. Yep. And, and, and I, I, I think baseball knows they want to get back to that somehow. That's what the three batter rule is about on some level. Like they want to do some things to try and stretch the starter out some more. And they should, shouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, complete games were a big deal for us uh, in the mid-80s, mid-90s. Uh, you know, that was a big deal for us. I tell, I tell the guys, 24 years early in my career, they really watched my pitch count. But I was able to talk them into letting me finish some games. Middle of my career, uh, not so much. And then the latter part of my career, they watched – 
my pitch count too because they wanted me ready for October and playoffs and you know the 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 extra games we're going to play during the playoffs. They wanted you fresh there, especially if we're in a situation where we clinched early, something like that. But yep. there's a handful of the guys out there. You know, again, Verlander. I think Verlander wants to hang on to that ball at least to the ninth inning, and and uh, and and complete games means you know quite a bit to some of the guys still if they can. You know, they want to they want to uh, you know finish what they started. But yeah, you would see that a lot in mm-hmm. uh, in the eighties and nineties where. You know, somebody would be coming out to take the ball away from you, and you didn't want to give it up. Yeah, uh, 18 complete games for Roger Clemens in 1987. Nobody's even gotten close to that uh, since, and they won't. Hey, Roger, tell tell me about the, the ACE shootout and, and the work you're doing for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Yeah, so, I mean, I've had my foundation, the Roger Clemens Foundation, is coming up on 30 years. Uh, we deal with at-risk kids, love doing it. Um, you know, again, I was, my background was you know, I lost my father at a young age. My mother and my grandmother raised me, gave me my strong values and and everything through life and that. And so when we get the opportunity, the wonderful people at Ace Hardware, uh, when they call and they have these functions and we know we can help these other kids and they bring a handful of the kids out and they're so cool. And um, so we get a fun trip. It involves golf, which I obviously, you know, we love we love golf and uh, and chance to get outdoor and meet a lot of people through the wonderful game of golf. And so we have the the shootouts going to be uh, they televise it. It'll be shown on the golf channel here shortly. Uh, I had one mess up on a, on a short chip, which I was really mad at myself about. But other than that, the long drives and all the fun events and the breaking the glass where you you have to you're timed and you have to. Uh, do you know break the pane of glass and stuff my partner was Cal Ripken (laughs) and uh, so I really enjoyed that and uh, to have Cal out there and and going through this the first time so that's some pretty good uh, it's fun it's all for good reasons there's a lot of great players in the individual sports Toby Keith and Colt Ford teamed up in the entertainment part in our golf channel girls uh they put it they 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 can play golf so you got to keep an eye on them too hey uh roger enjoyed the conversation i don't think i qualify as a full-blown propeller head um but (laughs) (laughs) but i i do see uh do you see both sides of that conversation as i always have and um this was a nice conversation i appreciate it you got it guys all right thank you so much you got it that's roger clemens Right there on 670, the score. It is hit and run. Um, you can talk about that with me at 312-644-6767. You can text at 67011 if you like. Steve Stone at 11 o'clock. We continue. Baseball or not, baseball conversation always on Sunday mornings on the score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sunday mornings on the score. The bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Coach Fitz and Northwestern Football Program return to Wrigley Field on November 7th as they host Wisconsin. Guarantee a ticket to this matchup with the purchase of season tickets. Buy now at nusports.com. And that segment brought to you by Illini Care Health. You deserve quality health care. Choose Illini Care Health for health care coverage that includes free gym memberships, after-school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a health choice illinois plan a lot of interesting feedback on the text line at 67011 and on twitter at matt spiegel 670 about that interview with roger clemens um and how to handle conversation about steroids and peds he is on record again and again and again as deny 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 so i tried to have a conversation with him about aging Because that's what it's about with these guys. That's what it's about for a lot of them in terms of when they felt the pull 
and either did use or did not use. Um, and it's, it's interesting because one, one guy had said, um, Speaks, that was, that was great. I'd rather hear that version of an interview than the awkward cringe version. Yeah, I've got the opportunity to confront and go after him and try to get some truth out of him and be a journalistic news digger and maybe make a headline or two along the way. I don't believe that that's going to happen with that guy at this point in his life. And so I'm not interested in that. I'm more interested in trying to get inside the mindset of what it is to be an aging pitcher, what it is to have a GM say his twilight is upon us. And then you turn the twilight into 11 more seasons with three Cy Youngs and two World Series championships, and you get to 354 wins. How does that happen? And did I get everything I wanted out of that part of the conversation? No, not everything. Got a little something, little stuff. But anyway, that, that's where I'd go if I was sitting around with somebody and actually talking to them. That, that, that's what I would want to know, and it is what I want to know on a continuing basis. Want to talk with you when we come back about separating the excellence from the cheating and how difficult it is. And that ties into to the sign stealing as well as uh, the broader conversation about PEDs and everything else. It's really, really hard because the excellence often comes first and it doesn't go away. We'll talk about it with you. And the phone lines are open at 312-644-6767. It's Matt Spiegel here with you. It's Hit and Run. Your baseball show is back 9 to 12 on Sundays on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 